0: I have a book in my bag and um, Brandon hysong song it's your book. I got it it's for you so don't let me leave without it. But in this book, I just discovered it last week and I also gave one to Chris for his birthday because it was so cool, the story I found in it. In Korea after the war, there was an ocean of little orphans all over the street and a lot of great Christian like like uh, what's that huge one World. Vision, world vision. Um, A lot of people tried to run in the void, fill that, but just all these little orphans. And I heard a story about one of these orphans that
1: blew my mind. And it was this little girl, and her name is Stephanie Fast. And evidently, there was a
0: soldier over there, and he had a relationship with a Korean young lady and she had this little girl so she's half white, half Korean and then when all the soldiers pulled out her family said, look there's still hope for you you could still get married because she's probably a girl, you know, around early 20s, whatever, but nobody's going to take you with this half-breed devil and uh, she tells her story and she says she remembers her mom holding her crying all
1: night. I don't want to get emotional. The next day, she goes to a train station and she
0: says, uh, your uncle's going to be here waiting for you because, you know, someone else needs to raise you so I can get married. She gets off the train at three or four years old. She doesn't know. She's just a tiny little child. There's no one there. And she goes and sleeps in a cart,
1: and there's all kinds of kids all over the place, and she start, She learns to survive on the street. She kills mice. She catches grasshoppers,
0: puts a straw through their heads, and by the end of the day, they're dry. She can eat them. She steals a bunch of these little kids crawl in the fields after the... Guards go to sleep, and she just survives on the street, and she's horrifically
1: abused. Yeah, that way, she's shattered. And uh, there's
0: a, I think I'm getting all my facts straight. There's a warehouse full of massive rats, and some people <coughs> in the street catch
1: her and one of her little friends, and they throw her in there. Um, probably just for entertainment because there's an excess of these little kids running around and you might as well have some rats eat them for fun.
0: Um, And she wakes up, she doesn't die, but she wakes up on a pile of garbage. And there's a Western woman who is looking for babies, not girls her age because they're too hard to rehab. But this woman is not mystical. She's just a nice woman, Lutheran woman. And she feels like she, she's walking away leaving this little girl. She doesn't even know her name. She thinks her name is Tukey, which is half-breed, devil, bastard, piece of junk, garbage, get away from me, something like that. That's what Tukey means. Has to do with her being a half-breed, has to do with being a street kid, and has to do with the fact that nobody wants her. But she's Tukey, she doesn't even know her name.
1: This woman's walking away because she's looking for babies, and she hears God speak. And God says, she's mine. So she goes back and she gets her. She takes her to the orphanage, and she's
0: the only older child there, or one of the only, I I don't know if there are any others, but she's just put in charge of it's terrible. The orphanage is a mess. And she's still got lice and still malnourished. And she said she could feel the worms crawling up her throat at night because she doesn't have anything
1: to eat in her stomach. So I guess they're looking for, you know, to get food. It's a crazy story. And uh, she said that when the
0: babies, they, they said that uh, every so often a baby would disappear. They, and where did they go? They went to America. And so that's a good thing. You go to America is a good thing. And so that's what you want for these babies. She loved the babies and she cared for these babies. And so, in some sense, at least she was
1: safe. And they said, Well, there's two Americans coming. And she said, She said, this man comes in
0: and he's enormous, this colossus. Americans in a lot of countries that were just giants. She says, He's the most massive person she's ever seen. And then there's a woman, and she says she's almost as massive as he is, this, but she's probably just an average-sized American woman. And he, she watches this guy go from crib to crib, pick up these babies, and she said she'd never seen a man do anything like this. She said he's crying, she's kissing these babies, she, she put them under his chin, and You know, just cool at him and say, and she's like drawn to this guy. She's just this little girl who's just running around trying to think. She's just drawn to this guy. And, uh, almost probably, I mean, from what sounds like almost without thinking about it, without fear, just so mesmerizing to see kindness, to see goodness, to see compassion, to see like unmerited favor, to see love without needing it she's just like almost like all of us are right isn't that what we all want that's just all that's what we want that's actually what we're all dying for starving for scratching clawing going after the wrong things for thinking marriage or kids or career or having people screaming our names or being the next big political thing or beating everybody at the game or getting the touchdown we all think those things but it's really just that we just want that And so she's drawn to this guy, (coughs) he's picking up these babies, He's weeping over them, he's holding them. And he looks and he sees her and she's like, oh no, I've been caught, you know? But he goes and he puts his hand on her face and she's amazed. And she said, she's just enraptured. And it's the most wonderful thing that she's never had anybody just touch her in love and kindness. And she said, she's saying to herself, don't ever stop. This is the most wonderful thing. And then uh, he bends down.
1: And, but she didn't know how to respond to this love. So she spit in his face two times and ran and hid in the closet. So anyway, the guy didn't give up. He's like, well, that's what a broken person does. And basically God said, She's mine.
0: You're, you're coming here looking for a baby, but that's the one I want you to take home. <coughs> she lives on the West Coast somewhere now. I'm just getting a little bit older, but you can
1: listen to her talk. on. She wrote a book. I think the book's called She Is Mine. But uh, What
0: I'm talking about here and why everybody's so interested and nobody's falling asleep, some of you guys have tears in your eyes and all this, because this is what we all Need more than anything. This is what we need to know, and you know, God is like that man. And the man knew God, that's why he did it. And that's what she was drawn to almost. She wasn't trained to be drawn to that. She's a wild, feral child, you know, eating mice and being sexually abused all day. And she's uh, drawn to that like, like gravity,
1: because that's what we're wired for. And that's a different aspect of the Word of God. That's the goodness of God. And that's the one thing that the devil needs to keep under wraps.
0: And a lot of you guys have been in church your whole life, and you've not tasted much of the goodness. And there's people that are theological experts and PhDs, and they don't know much about the goodness. They know all about the greatness. They can write big, fat tomes and use 25-cent words. But they don't know God in the way that this little girl was drawn to that man, because that man learned about loving that way because he was intimately connected to Jesus and God's program. And so then he was an agent of redemption in this broken world. But that's another aspect of the glory of God. And all that that man was doing was in a very imperfect way, reflecting the goodness of God. That the devil from the Garden of Eden has been trying to crush out of us. And and he doesn't care if you believe in God. He doesn't care if you believe that God created the universe. He just doesn't want you to know how kind and good and loving and willing and compassionate and easy to get along with your creator is. Because if you never understand that, you're always going to be spitting in his face and running into the closet. And he's not going to put you in a hammer lock and drag drag you kicking and screaming into the kingdom he really wants you to know his goodness so we have Psalm 19 things seriously you can correct me i don't know why it's probably because i you don't know, get up you whenever know, three or four in the morning I'm like uh, whatever when i create my, my
1: powerpoints but here's look let's look at some other psalms Not to us, the Lord. Again, that's Yahweh. That's His personal name. Means He is.
0: Some of you guys are new. We like to get down to the nitty gritty in Scripture, because Scripture is God's revealed Word. I was I was uh, trying to share Christ with someone last week. Did you know there are just some things in the Bible that are unbelievable? I said, like what? He went, I oh, did you believe all of He just heard that from his uncle Sal. You know, he's never looked into the Bible. I've been studying the Bible pretty serious for 30 years. There's nothing like it. It's true, with a capital T. It's revelation. Of course, you have to use proper interpretive methods. You don't take poetry or apocalyptic literature literally, you know. But anyway, if you know what is trying to be accomplished by the literature, or when someone says the sun rises, you don't say "ha ha," false, because it wasn't be like a scientific journal for them. Earth is turning on its axis and orbiting around the sun. It's like they're talking according to human experience. You know, really, let's let's be reasonable here. We don't like we don't tell the, the the television studio to shut down because they talk about the sunrise or whatever. So anyway, if you read it properly, it's true. But God's personal name in Hebrew is Yahweh, which means He is. One time in the Old Testament, God called Himself, "I am." But he revealed himself to Moses because we call him he is. He called himself I am. But that's Yahweh. And then the deeper you get to know him, the more he'll unfold that word to you or open up that word. It's like a door. He is what? So in this verse, it says, not to us, Yahweh, not to us, but to your name, give glory, which means let's celebrate it. Let's make it known. Let's appreciate it. Let's stand in awe of your name. Because of your kindness, so this psalmist isn't talking about his power, looking at creation and how awesome. He says your kindness and your faithfulness, and if you're a Bible student and if you've been around here very long, you know exactly what he's doing. Glory, kindness, faithfulness, this is what the psalmist do all the way through. He's referring back to what God told Moses in Exodus 34:6 when Moses said, let me see your glory. And Moses got to learn the secret of God's goodness. And this becomes the, this becomes the, the paradigm for, the, for understanding who God is for all the people that really know him all through scripture. Exodus 34, 6. But these words, these are key words. Let me, so we're going to celebrate your name. We're going to give you glory because of these attributes, your kindness. Not because of your power. Because of your goodness. Because of your kindness. So, of course, that's Exodus 34, 6. When God said, I'm compassionate. He told Moses. You know, I'm powerful, Moses. I'm part
1: of the Red Sea. You took down the world superpower with a stick. Because I turned that into my stick. You know, we're having problems with Putin. If God wanted to, he could send me over there with a stick. And I could clean up the whole thing.
0: That's what he did with Moses. World superpower, Egypt. He said, Moses, but not just me, could send you over there with a stick. He said, you you know, I'm powerful, Moses. We took down Egypt with a stick. Set all the people free. I was in control of the weather, I was in control of the, the wildlife, I was in control of everything. Turn the Nile into blood, locusts, fire, hail. I control it, you know I'm powerful, but what Moses know was his goodness. And so in this amazing moment, God revealed to Moses, and Moses' most critical moment probably in Moses' life is goodness. The secret of the, secret <coughs> of the, you know, the great secret of the universe is that God is not just great, God is good. And so he gives them this amazing little string of words that theologians have been avoiding for 1,500 years. They have. Can't go into it now. You want to talk about it? If you're a theological smart guy, come talk to me about it. It's the, the central description of God in the Old Testament. There's never been one
1: significant theological work written on it ever. It's somehow been hidden from us. Although the very simple get it pretty easily. But anyway, what he told Moses was I'm good. I'm great, but I'm also good. And my favorite word is the
0: first one compassionate, which is mothers. Boy, we're just having this. It's raining babies. Raining babies in our church, in our circle, people that used to be in our church that are still. In the, I mean, just babies all over the place. And uh, when you have a baby, you're like, I didn't even know I could love like that. <coughs> I thought I loved my husband, and I thought I loved my friends, and I thought I loved my parents. But oh my goodness! When I had a baby, though, that's where that word compassion comes from. A womb—it's—it's it's the word that comes from a mother's womb. And God says, "You know how a mother feels for a baby." You multiply
1: that by about infinity. A lot of us never knew that about God. He aches for you. He yearns for
0: you. Will he forgive you? Well, who's the only person that visits Bubba in prison after he commits a crime? So if mom can visit Bubba, no matter how heinous the crime, and God's love for you is compassion, his heart's 10,000 times greater can you be forgiven? Of course you can. He's better than you think he is. He's not just great. He's good. So the psalmist says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. We're going to glorify you, not just because you're great, but because you're good. Well, how good? you got this hesed stuff he told Moses about, and it's a faithful kind of a hazard, which means it never changes. You always feel this way about us forever, no matter what we do, no matter if we're King David, who you set up, took him from the sheepfolds and made him this great king. And then he went and broke the land speed record for for of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> committed murder, committed adultery, lied, hypocrisy, on and on and on. And then he came and he asked for forgiveness. And God said, well, of course not. Because he's better than we think he is. But compassionate and gracious means he feels and he wants to act on our behalf. So the psalmist, a lot of times, celebrating that. He doesn't love you because of how well you've
1: behaved. And after you enter into a relationship with him, he doesn't keep you in that relationship based on how well you behave. Mm-hmm. He keeps you in that
0: relationship based on the fact, can you keep believing this? If somebody moves, it's you. You're the little girl running out of the room because you can't believe it. It's too big. It's, it's too audacious. It's, it couldn't be for me. And guys, just keep, keep, keep testing me. Keep testing me. See if whenever you come back, I will forgive you. See if I can't restore you. Now, you can't keep doing the stupid, destructive stuff, because he loves you too much to let that go on. He will correct you. Whom the Father loves, he disciplines. You know? that's, the, that's what Proverbs 3 says, and that's what Hebrews 12 says. A good parent's going to discipline their kid because they got big plans for them. They want them to be outstanding. They want to be maximized. They, they want them to reach their potential. He's not going to put up with foolishness, but you, we just have to keep running back to his goodness, and he will keep forgiving us and loving us and receiving us Peter asked Jesus one time hey Jesus I'm a pretty generous guy and I was thinking that you know if somebody did something to me seven times
1: like what oh I don't know stole something from me maybe cheated on me but what if they did something really extreme like killed one of your relatives
0: well, okay, I can't do that, but just hypothetically, let's pretend I could forgive seven times. But would that be enough? She said, No, seven times 70, which means there's no limit. There's no limit. I will get act like me. I never stop forgiving. I'm always, no matter what you've done, the devil says you're hopeless, you're lost. Guys, and God says, No, you're not. I'm bigger than that my love's bigger than you know if you want to compare the size of the celestial bodies the biggest stars it's like love love's bigger than that it's bigger than that so the psalmist says this is what we celebrate when we're talking about the glory of god he's great but he's good and it always goes back to what he told moses and then there's another psalm i'll give thanks to you with all my heart i'll sing praise to you before the gods And that's just all the other gods of all the other nations because God is so much greater than anything else that poses as a God. Why? I'll give thanks to your name because of your kindness and your faithfulness. Same words. And then when you jump down here, it says all the kings of the earth will give thanks to you, Yahweh, when they know the words of your mouth. What words? Well, maybe the words he told Moses about his kindness and his faithfulness and his goodness and his nature. They'll sing of the ways of the Lord. And this is too coincidental to him not be thinking of that context because Moses said, let me know your ways and let me know you. Great is the glory of the Lord, for though the Lord is exalted, so awesome he can make infinite universes. And I joke around, I say he could create a universe like ours by sneezing. It's not hard. He takes us. We get exasperated, like she said, making toast in the morning. He can. He's infinite in power. Though you are exalted, you regard the lowly. You go after that trashed, tukey, worthless. You know how how does a kid on the street survive? I used to work with street kids, and they're in a battle with the older. It was like in America, they're usually fourteen to twenty-five years old. The street kids scene, and then they're at war with the adults, and they were killing each other. And the girls are prostitutes because that's how you make money and you're dirty and you're defiled and you're, you don't feel worthy of
1: anything. God says, you don't have to be worthy. I love, you don't have to be worthy for me to love you. I just love you. Now, I need to clean you up. I don't want you to bring in your destructive,
0: crazy, sinful junk. I will clean you up. I've made all provision through a Christ has done. But this psalm, it says, we're going to, we're, we're going to, great is the glory of the Lord. And that's what we're going to let everybody know about. We're going to let everybody know about the glory of the Lord. So where did I start? I started with, you should have that, in, that in supernatural touch of God in your life.
1: Uh, it's not going to happen
0: if you're not praying.
1: With the motive being God be
0: glorified.
1: What does that mean? It means, God, when you answer this prayer, I want people to see not just how great you are, but how good you
0: are. I want you to change this person's life that just stumbled into our church, who nobody else can help, so that people know that you can love this kind of person. And God, I want you to give me a good marriage because, and, I, and I'm pulling up files of people in this room. God, I want you to give me a good marriage
1: and we'll,
0: we'll play a guessing game. Think about who I'm talking about, okay? There hasn't been a good marriage. In, all the way up our family tree. There's been criminals and murderers and sexual deviants and prostitutes. These are the literal people in our church. Okay, There's not been one good marriage in our family tree. And I want you to give me a good marriage and make me a good father or a good mother and show the world what redemption looks like. But I didn't deserve it, but you like to give good gifts to people. So make... I just pray my marriage would knock it out of the park. Not so that I'm happy and I've got my (coughs) best life
1: now and it's me, 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 which God likes to bless you because he's good. But God, I want you to look good. And God, when I share in front of the church, my testimony, which all of you should do if you
0: know Jesus, it doesn't matter if I'm nervous. It doesn't matter if my heart is beating and I don't like speaking. If you want me to do this, I want you to look good. I really want you to look good. And God, if you give me this job and I make more money, I want, I want to use that money to make you look good. And if I go on this missions trip, clear the way for me to go on this mission, I want you to look good. And I want to, I want to be a clear testimony, just like that man was.
1: And God, when I adopt
0: this child, it's not because my wife can't have a baby and we have a hole in our heart and we think a baby's going to satisfy us. Which all that stuff is great. <coughs> God, I pray this adoption works out so you look good. And, and he does look really good because we look at this guy's adoption and how he went about it. And now, this he had no idea that this was going to go all over the world. And 70 years later, some guy in Manhattan, Kansas would be boasting on God because some obscure missionary in Korea wanted to adopt a baby and knew Jesus, but just want God to look good. So, you get what I'm saying? Your prayers have to be not god make me happy i'm lonely you know fix me so i'm content get rid of my depression because it's stinky to have depression give me a job so my parents will get off my back give me a spouse so that i can live a disney life or god's like no interest in any of that what the world needs is my love my love is my glory you need to pray that everything that i do in your life screams that to a world that's so desperately missing. When, a God, when God brings a broken person in our church, like so many of you guys were. I love seeing God's it's broken people. It's so awesome. It's just so awesome. We should say, oh, yeah, God. Work this person over really good with your grace and your glory. And so people's jaws hit the floor. Like, no, no, there's no way that that person. Okay, I mean, some, some of you guys are guests. It was fun this morning. I dropped my kid off. It wasn't fun to drop my kid off. I, I don't want him to live in my basement, but I don't like when he leaves because he's a grown man. But I, I, you know, it's nice to have him around. I had to drop him off at the airport. And guess who was at the airport, all decked out in his, you know, super suit? Richard, the police officer. And he's he's just doing the police deal over at the airport. And um, I was just meditating on all this this morning. And I'm like, Richard is a picture of redemption and the goodness of God because his family is so broken. And his wife is a picture of that because her family is so broken. And then this child is a picture of that because she never wanted to have a child because she, you know, she doesn't mind me saying this. She'd had an abortion and she'd been damaged in, in the way that a woman's supposed to think about childbearing and all that. And I was just thinking about this and I'm like, that is a picture of the goodness of God. He's a picture of the goodness of God. And then last night we were celebrating Christ's birthday. And I wanna get a quick picture. And so before everybody went their separate ways I about to fire for the fire took a picture. I said, Oh, stand over here, you know me in technology. After
1: about 50 tries, I got a couple of pictures. I was like, that's a picture of the women. Because that young man, hope oh, it's not embarrassing for it. he should be dead. Because he really wanted to be
0: dead when I met him. Or in a mental hospital. And now he's starting to bloom and I'm really looking forward to what's God gonna do for this guy? And so when God sends us a a high school kid like Richard or someone who's sleeping in a truck like
1: Chris or whatever, oh God, do a miracle. So you look really, really good. So then somebody else might come into our church, even Susan and I were walking through the cemetery yesterday. We saw a really good
0: looking dude, young, 30 years old. His picture is on the tombstone. But it was so startling to see a picture of a young guy and he died recently. It's like since we've been here, we looked him up. He was in all kinds of stuff. He was a he
1: was a Eagle Scout, K Stater, active in a local church, killed himself. Say God, we just we pray you'd look really good. So if that guy walks into our church.
0: He probably already knew God was great. He already went to church. He knew God was great. Did he you know God was good? Didn't you know there's always hope? Didn't you know God's always willing? Didn't you know
1: redemption's always there? So I guess I can wrap it up. See what other verses I have here. Oh, I was thinking of this one. Maybe I won't wrap it up. <laughs>
0: This is this is how God, when God moved, wanted to work with Israel. This is He said. This is how I found you, Israel. On the day you were born, your cord was not cut. You were not washed with water to make you clean. You're not rubbed with salt, wrapped in cloths. No one looked on you with pity or compassion. That's that first word when God said that He was. Nobody had compassion on you. You were a piece of junk. You're a tookie. You're worthless. No one was going to do any of these things for you. You were thrown out in the open fields. The day you were born, you were despised. I passed by and saw you kicking about in your
1: blood. As you lay there in your blood, I said, you live." Bible says in Psalm 145, his compassion is over all his
0: works. His heart's on fire for you. Do you know that? He loves you. He's got a great plan for you. You don't get to call the shots. That's what's gotten you where you are. They say that addiction recovery, you know, all your best thinking has gotten you right where you are.
1: Then the whole program is let's renew that mind of yours because it's fried. But he loves you. He's <coughs> good and he's kind. And then ultimately, of course, we always have to come back to
0: this. Who is he? He was manifested in Jesus. So John, the book of John says, we beheld his glory. He's making all these references back to Moses' conversation with Yahweh. And he says, Jesus shows us what God was trying to tell Moses in the Old Testament. Jesus shows us what compassion is. Jesus shows what kindness is. So this John 1 passage says, we beheld his glory. Where? In Christ. We saw the glory of God. We saw how God feels, how God reacts to us, who God will accept. Who God will reject. God, does, He takes everybody. We reject him. He C.S. Lewis said, everybody goes to hell. That's where they want to go. Because they don't want God. They don't want the ways of God. But we beheld his glory in, the, in Christ. Anyway, I don't have time to go on all this. But this is, this is precisely what he was saying. What God said to Moses, Jesus lived out in front of us. This is the glory of God. God, make yourself famous. The truth about who you are, because everybody's lying about you. They're telling people you're not that kind. They're Telling people you're all about power. They're Telling people you're cruel. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to intervene. And he does. And he's better than you think he is. And he loves you. Oh, and then I was thinking about when we worship him in the book of Revelation, we're all gathered around the throne. What are we thinking about? We're thinking about how much he loved us and what he went through to give us. I played this, I was playing this all morning. Handle's Messiah. Worthy is the Lamb. I think it's the only music, probably that's ever been written that the angels think. You know, that was pretty good. That Handel guy, I think that Messiah. That that was a pretty good little set that he put together there. But it's just straight scripture put to what he (coughs) wrote. Worthy is the lamb, but this is this is the scripture that was slain. To receive power, riches, and wisdom, and might, and honor, and glory, and blessing. Him who sits on the throne of the Lamb, be
1: blessing, honor, glory, dominion forever and ever. Why? Because he pulled us off the
0: trash. He, because he wanted us. Because he cleaned us up. Because he forgives us. Because he wants to make us new. Because he paid for your sins. Because he will forgive you. He made all provision. You owed it that you couldn't pay. He took your death because he loves you. And a lot of
1: us are technically saved and we're still not walking in the goodness of God. So, but I truly do need to wrap this up. But God isn't just great, he's good. And I know
0: he's good. And I know about this much of his goodness. And it's more than I'll ever need. But but how good is he? Uh, Infinite, infinite, no limit. All praises, you know, the breadth and length and height and depth and know the love of God, which surpasses knowledge. That you might be filled up to all the fullness of God. If we only know he's great we, he's great, we don't know much. The secret is, is He good? And when you, if you want to see the supernatural working in your life, say, God, answer this prayer. So people know. You're good. Some of you need to, like Moses, and say, God, I don't really know this yet. I got a lot of theology up in my head. It just doesn't look all that attractive. I'd have, have God demolish my theology make it. Are you willing to do that? Could you be wrong? <laughs> Theology just means your belief about God's God. And the harder, the, the longer you study and the further you study, the more tangled up a lot of times you get. But if you don't see God and his glory revealed in the face of Christ and his goodness exactly paralleling the goodness of Christ, you're missing. So the glory of God. the kavod, a doxa, let's make that our motive. God, make yourself look wonderful just like you look to that little girl that she saw you reflected in that man that's our god let's pray father we come before you in jesus name uh, i pray that you'd use my human efforts and human words i pray that you'd light them up and you turn them into something supernatural because that's how this works you're not it's not our oratory skills it's your spirit and I pray that someone's heart would be touched and changed. Someone that doesn't know you would run to you. Someone that believes a false vision of you would let you destroy it because we all yearn for your goodness. And I pray, Lord, that all of us would, would start checking our motives when we pray, that you would be magnified, you'd be glorified, people would see your goodness as you answer prayers in our life, and that we'd see the supernatural. and that, that would just be a
1: proof that you are We love you. Thank you for this time together. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.